Georgia Revival. If you can do me a huge favor tonight, go ahead and stand to your seat, stand to your feet. And if you can turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 13, we always start every service with the reading of God's Word. And we have a special guest with us tonight reading the Word from Encounter Church. This is Pastor Hunter, so if you could welcome him as he comes to the stage tonight. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. I bet you came here tonight for the same reason I did. How many of you heard Jesus was in the house tonight? Oh, he is. I felt him even as I turned on the street to come into the parking lot. I feel his presence in the place tonight. Why don't you turn to two or three people, give them your best high five or your best hug tonight. Let them know you're glad that they are here. Well, I was talking to Pastor Todd earlier this week and telling him about my experience coming here to the North, North Georgia Revival and started coming a few months ago, got baptized, and I told him the first time I ever walked in here, I walked in worship and I felt the presence of the Lord, and it was good. But when I came back again, I felt the presence of the Lord in an even stronger, more tangible way. Every single time we come together, I bet you can tell his presence is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. I told him the first time I came, I could tell the glory was over there in the water. His presence was in the water. But the second time I came, I could feel his glory all around in the building in the atmosphere. And I was watching last Sunday night, and I could literally feel like waves of the presence of God coming through the computer screen. And He is here even stronger tonight. I can barely stand up here. I'm shaking to even tell you this. We're going to read tonight from Luke chapter 13, because wherever Jesus is, there is nothing impossible. Sickness and disease and demonic oppression, they just have to go wherever He is. And He's here tonight. Come on, let's read Luke chapter 13, starting with verse 10. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, come on, he sees you tonight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. And then... He touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. Oh, how she praised God. Anybody ready to praise him tonight because he's healed you and he's touched you? Woo! Uh-oh, but I hope not, but nobody in the house is like what we're about to read. But the leader in charge of that synagogue, he was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days of the week for working, he said. Come on those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath, but the Lord replied, You hypocrites, 
Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox and your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? And this shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things that he did. Come on, he does wonderful things. And he's here tonight. Come on, let's lift up our voices in prayer. Thank you, Lord. You are here tonight. We're coming after you. We're here to meet with you tonight. We're here to encounter you. Jesus, we give you all the glory and the praise. Come and have your way in this place tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, there's more to come. Yes, we believe there's more to come.
Tonight, and I know breakthrough is coming. 
because healing's worth it. I raise a hallelujah. Your freedom is worth it. I raise a hallelujah. Freedom is worth it. I raise a hallelujah. I raise a
distracted by what's going on around me, the, we sang about it, the storm around you or your life situation, 
but I got to put all eyes on Jesus. The King of glory stands right in front of me. And he is the definition of perfect love. The perfect one. How beautiful you are, Jesus. How beautiful you are. singing so much in so many songs lately about healing and there's nothing wrong with that and about breakthrough and there's nothing wrong with that. I've been overwhelmed all day. We've been overwhelmed all day because that's great. The songs are great. The words are great.
be out of awe of him. Father, we love you tonight. We lift our hands to you. We magnify you as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Hallelujah to the name. Hallelujah to the name that is above every name. That at that name, every knee shall bow. On the earth, below the earth, every name is submissive to the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you that in this place, they've come from far and wide, from every part of this country and literally all over the world this evening. Some have traveled thousands and some have traveled blocks. But we are here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to worship you, to seek you, and to be more like you. We release your purpose in this atmosphere. Our faith is high. in this house said amen. 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 Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. I want you to take about two or three minutes to greet your neighbor around you. Welcome them to the North Georgia Revival tonight. Find yourself a great seat tonight. the Lord. You may be seated. Such an honor to have you here tonight. Wow, what a great looking group tonight. Well over 1,000 um, ladies or right at 1,000 ladies last night. Uh, yesterday, all day came and spent I don't know how many hours with us. Uh, if you were part of that women's conference, just lift your hand if you would. All right. Pastor Jill Mathis rocked the house. Christina Allen rocked the house. Karen rocked the house last night. Our incredible praise and worship team. Don't you love our praise and worship? Thank you, guys. Michael 
Pastor Michael, where are you? Michael, Kyra, where are you guys? Abernathy, come on, I want you to come here. Welcome these two to the platform, if you would. They, they are the lead pastors of Bright and Morning Star Christian Church. Uh, probably within 10 minutes of here, you can get there real quickly. I just, I am just amazed at what God's doing in Dawsonville, Georgia. Just this small little spot on the planet. All we've got is Longhorns in an outlet mall. We got the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame here. Praise God for that. Moonshine. In January, many of you have heard this story, but we were in our 21-day fast last year. Just seeking the face of the Lord. Pray, God, we want you. We want to behold your glory. We, we want to seek you. And I'm walking right toward that baptistry. And I see it full. It was empty, but I see it full in my mind in this open vision. Never had an open vision in my life. A strip of fire on top of it. Like gasoline burns on water. I saw it as if I'm seeing you right now. And the Lord said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. I had no idea. I had a great, great doctrinally up, uh, doctrinal upbringing. I went to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Sanford University in Birmingham, master's degree uh, with emphasis in biblical languages. And I know the sequence. You get saved, you get water baptized. We dunk you, you get up, you go out to eat at Cracker Barrel, Golden Corral, whatever you do, and everybody in the family comes and watches that. That's good theology right there. That's good Bible. I don't know about the Golden Corral, but the Cracker Barrel thing. But you don't understand. You get saved and you get baptized. And he said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. Now, people don't understand that. I didn't understand it at the beginning and, and didn't quite comprehend it. and still don't know how to articulate it well. But in April of our revival that started in February, we started just opening the waters for baptism spontaneously. To me, baptism is just a grave. Because even after you get saved, you can get messed up. I'm not saying unsaved. I'm just talking about you just get carnal sometimes and allow things into your life. Habits, attitudes, ideas, thoughts, hurts and offenses, bitterness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the Lord said, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit fire. He showed me that water, fire on top of it. And I just one Sunday night after, Laura, you told me a week before that, I came, let's open the waters for baptism. Prayed about it. I said, okay, Lord. About 25 people came that first night. All of them were saved. Been saved for some time. But they went through that water knowing that I'm going to get in that water. I'm going to die to myself again. I am literally going to bury this old stuff that I've resurrected in my past. So what we talk about when it deals with baptism is not nullifying your prior, uh, your prior baptism. We honor that. It's glory. And it has nothing to do with that. But it's just an encounter. A point of contact. Just as you come to the altar many times. 
that has become an extension of the altar. And that night, when we opened up the baptism, Pastor Marty, I think you and I were baptizing that night, or you were baptizing, and the power of God would hit people in that water. Folks that I know, good reputation, smart people, because you don't know about Christians sometimes, you know what I'm saying, they just, you don't know, but smart, intelligent people that have jobs, that can communicate, a full head of teeth in their body, you know what I'm saying, I'm talking about solid people sometimes, you know what I'm saying, sometimes you think Christians are all broke, disgusted, depressed, don't have a head, you know, on their shoulders, but I'm just telling you, these were solid people, and the fire of God hit them in that water, unable to find their feet and stand. And the Lord said to me, this is the fire that I'm talking about. Now listen to me. The Lord spoke in my heart the other day, and I said, Lord, why are you doing it this way? Because in throughout Christian history, there's never been a baptismal revival, not one time. Baptisms after a move of God at the altar, but people are bypassing this altar for you. This is what he spoke to my heart. He said, Todd, I'm taking my church back. Now listen to me. He says, literally 95% of the people that have been baptized, the 3,000 plus people, are all church members and go to church somewhere. And they sat under our preaching and in our churches. And they're addicted, they're bound, they're in sin, they're in rebellion, and they're carnal. And they sat in our churches and got comfortable and heard a complacent, consumer-based gospel. That it's teaching you how to live a good life, how to have no problems, how not to struggle, how to make six digits. And all the while, we're piling up in our hearts a carnal spirit against the Lord. I watch things that the world shouldn't or Christians shouldn't watch. I talk like Christians shouldn't talk. I drink what Christians shouldn't drink. You understand what I'm saying? All the while, we're feeling good in church. And God says, I'm taking back my church. I'm having to clean up the church that have sat in churches that accommodated and made excuses for their lifestyle. He's just taking back his church. When you have a 37-year addiction to nicotine and one moment in that water, it is completely wiped away with no withdrawals. When you have young women, 16, 17 years of age, put their foot in that water and say, I'm addicted to pornography. And she's in a youth group somewhere where it's about video games, pool tables, ping pong. And the parents are begging us to entertain their kids to get them in church and their kids come to church and it's nothing more than an extension of a game room. No power, no unction, no call to holiness and righteousness. And church kids getting addicted to pornography and sexually active. God says, I'm taking my church back. We were more interested in Christian swagger than Christian holiness.
another pastor, Marty, unable to get out of that water. Last night, we baptized to 4.48 a.m. 269 people. Come on, stand to your feet and give him praise. You may be seated. This is Pastor Michael and his wife, Kyra. Is that how you say it? Kira. Kira. You were baptized last night. Come here. Get out of the way. You're a pastor's wife. Pastor Howard, you're pastor of one of the greatest churches in Marietta, Kennesaw area. You and your wife were baptized. I thought you died in the water. I did. What happened to you last night? <laughs> um, okay, so Pastor Karen preached on strongholds in the mind. And you had said, okay, this is the order we're going to have for baptism. This is the order we're going to do. If you've been baptized before, which I have, in the water, go last. It's like, okay, I'm going to go last. Awesome. That's my mindset. Then you said, pastors and pastor's wives, raise your hands. My friends are going, that's you. And I was like, that's me. So I was the battle in my mind. Do I go first? Do I go last? And I didn't know. And the Lord was like, do you trust me? Do you want to bless Christ Fellowship Church who wants to honor you by letting you go first, even though you've been before? Do you want to take that blessing from them? Is it more blessed to give than receive? I said, no. No, I don't want to take that blessing from them. So I went, and I, didn't, I don't even think I got to why I was there. They just asked me who I was, and the Lord touched me because he convicted me that I did not accept his calling as pastor and pastor's wife and he healed me of that last night all right you got baptized about a month ago how long ago because oh, you're a preacher sorry. I'll know I'll never get it back if I let this go that's discernment. Um, we got baptized on our anniversary in December. And um, we didn't even come here to get baptized. I actually just came here to meet you because the Lord really pressed my heart to come and meet you. And um, showed up. The guy was like, I got something special. And I said, okay, what? He's like, go get baptized. And so I grabbed her and we went. And it was our six-year anniversary. Both of us had run away from the Lord. Exactly what God was calling you to and what you just talked about. And we came back, and the Lord's like, I've got a calling for you to be pastor. And the Lord just broke me and called me Peter. After that, we stayed and prayed for everybody. And then Pastor Marty turns around, and he's like, somebody here, they've got blurriness in one of their eyes. And I got so excited. I started looking around and being like, who is it? And then God was like, that's you. I got hurt at work five years ago. I looked into a welder. My right eye was blurry. And I'd just been speaking over it and just believing, Lord, it's healed. And I never, never really thought about it. I'd get headaches every once in a while and just speak over it. And then that night, it was so amazing. One man, Pastor Marty, prayed a little bit, and then I heard so loudly, fire. I fell over. And then one man who's here was named Peter, he was praying for me, but I felt a second man touch me. And I heard so loudly, clarity, clarity, clarity. Peter wasn't praying that because I went and found him and asked him. And then 
my headaches are gone. The right eye is perfectly clear. So you validate this, everything that he said, 100%. Clear vision. Pastor, Pastor Michael walked into our office the other day and he said, our church, our elders got together and there's about 30 of their church members. If you guys are from Bright Morningstar, look, look there, right there. Let them know you love them. And he said, he said, Pastor, we want to sponsor one night of the revival. And it, it's about a $3,000 service every service that we have on Sunday nights about 3,000 power bill water bill uh, child care materials the scrubs that we bought uh, $700 last week in underwear for people we're prepared for you to be baptized everything that you need we have it's about $3,000 a week he said pastor we want to sponsor one night of the revival so he walked in the other day with this check and he said pastor here's the check of three thousand dollars come on give God praise in this place I want you to put I want you to put that in the offering bag in just a moment let Michael and his precious wife know you love them I wanted to share that story where is Adam and your father where's Adam come on up here both of you quickly thank you guys Yes, we're going to pray over that seat, so just sit right there. Come here. This is your first night here, isn't it? It is. How old are you? First night. I'm 84. Where do you normally go to church? Beg your pardon? Where do you normally go to church? Um, St. George Baptist Church in Orangeburg, South Carolina. So you drove down from South Carolina. Yes. This is your son? This is grandson. 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 Adam, you got baptized how many months ago? October the 28th. You came to be baptized because your mother has been sick. Tell everybody what your mother's condition was. She had ulcerative colitis. Okay, come here. Tell us what that means. Uh, ulcerative colitis she had for over 40 years. She couldn't eat any uh, lettuce or any kind of salad. Uh, she suffered constantly for 40 years. For how long? After she's been 40 years, over 40 years, yeah. 40. 40. 40 years. And she can eat anything now. She's been healed. He was here. I mean, no, no, Adam, no, Adam. Let me, so what you got to understand, Adam loves his mother so much. He says, you know what? If there's fire in that water, Jesus is baptizing with people with Holy Spirit fire. Now, he's a drummer at Crossbridge Church about four miles from here. And he says, if God's in that water, I'm going to step into that water on behalf of my mother. And believe God for her healing. Your mother was in South Carolina watching television, right? And you stood up and said, I want to be baptized with my mother. Now listen, for my mother, listen, this is so unusual. 
So it may be flying right over your head. You're thinking, oh, well, I don't believe that. That's okay. Your believer's broken. We don't care if you believe it or not because I've got an 84-year-old man and his grandson telling you that it happened. Well, I just don't believe it. I'm sure you believe that the earth is still flat, all right? I'm sure, okay? I, I'm telling you. Just relax your mind just a little bit. Tell us what happened to your mother when you got baptized. She's watching a television program in South Carolina. I had told her about the revival, and she loves hearing about it. I keep telling testimonies and stuff, and she wanted to come, but it's hard for her to travel with that condition. So I stood in for her, and she was in South Carolina watching TV, not watching the revival, but watching TV, reading a magazine, and she felt something all of a sudden. Pastor Marty, Pastor Marty had said, let her feel the fire right now. You're breaking right now, right now. So while she's telling, was at the precise moment, she felt something in her stomach. Is that what? That's correct. Yeah. She felt it in her stomach. And what happened to her? It felt like electricity, light electricity, <laughs> not too heavy. She was healed immediately. Healed immediately. Healed immediately. What happened to her? How is she doing now? She's wonderful. She can eat anything. She can eat anything. Anything. we ever met we have not he walks up to me and he says I just want to let you know he meets me right back there he says my daughter's been healed because of the power of God that's in this building and the fire that's happening in that water you see we can't sell a CD or a book about this what God's doing here is nameless and it's faceless he's just touching his people again he hands me this check of $1,000. Now listen to me. And he said there'll be many more of these to come. You can't buy a miracle. You can't purchase a blessing. But he's just saying, my daughter for 40, I don't know how many thousands of dollars he spent in meds and helping his daughter try to get better. And in one moment of time, because of a grand a son, I'm stepping in for my mother tonight. All the way in South Carolina, the fire of God touches her belly and immediately healed. Felt like electricity. I want you to put that in the offering basket in just a moment. You may be seated. Pull up that picture. The number one, our ushers to come. We're going to take up an offering. I want you to pull up the picture of, of, of Lorraine. I don't know if we have that first picture Lorraine was here yesterday I know you're tired of hearing the story I'm sure some of you but that is that's her stage 4 breast cancer she come 6 hours away to get to this building because she had heard there's fire Jesus is touching people in that water he ran for public office he's the school superintendent in Brunswick Georgia area her wife very precious lady God touched her the presence of God's coming on her right there right there right there 
No man's touching her. But Jesus is loving on his daughter. She's eat up with 50 cancerous lesions. Show that picture. Stage 4 breast cancer. That's what it looks like. Every one of those small spots are cancer in her bones. She comes and she gets baptized on the 28th of October. She had taken three, maybe four oral uh, chemo orally. Doctor says the best that we can do in four or five years is to shrink it and slow it down. She testified in that water and she said, wouldn't it be cool if Jesus healed me? She was scheduled to have a PET scan the very next day on the 29th of October. She gets baptized. The Lord touches her in that water. Here's her next image. That's her heart, I believe it is, Jerry, her kidneys, and then her bladder at the bottom. Those are obviously supposed to be there, but the other 50 were not. I can't explain it. I can't talk about it very well. All I can do is just show you the before and after of people's lives that have been saved and changed and set free. Many of you need a miracle tonight, but this is not a miracle revival. It's not a healing revival. It never started out that way. We never intended it to be that way. It is a seek his face. I need Jesus more in my life than I ever have. I want to love him. I want to run from sin and run into his arms. I don't want to sin anymore. I just love Jesus. And when you capture his heart, you get everything in his hand. And he's just touching his people. It'll happen tonight for so many of you. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give it an offering tonight. You can text to give. Very simple, secure way to give. By the way, I got this message today. Her name's Diana. Are you ready? <laughs> Diana said, and she's watching right now, so hi, Diana. She said, as you know, multitudes of us are far away and invigorated by what God is doing in your services with a desire to participate and partake. During last night's women's conference, I was watching from Washington State with my friend watching from Ireland. Together we have been anticipating her all clear report from her doctors who said that she has had cancer. Last night as the service turned toward the baptismal, I felt a leap in my heart for my friend and me to fill our bathtubs and baptize ourselves from our homes. Okay, okay, I mean, come on. 
I'm telling you, when the Lord gave me that vision, I didn't think it would go. There are people literally all over the world that are watching tonight and will watch. We get people from all over the country text us and say, the power of God is in my home. We're weeping. Is Nathan Plato, uh, Plato here? Is Nathan here tonight? Pastor, is Nathan, are you here? So we baptize ourselves. We are confident now that, on the, that the only unusual thing left inside of her body is the footprint of heaven where his feet pass. During your service, during your evening service tonight, I have invited a second friend to fill a bathtub along with me. And we will do it for her. I was in a Methodist church last Saturday. And nearly 100 beautiful, precious Methodist people were baptized in a whirlpool they brought it in the church. I guess it was like a whirlpool sauna. Unable to get out of the water. No one touched them. But we said, Jesus, would you do what in this second largest church, Methodist church in Alabama, will you do in that church what you're doing here in Dawsonville, Georgia? Karen and I will be in Texas on Friday and Saturday. Cottonwood, Arizona the next week. Presence of God is falling all over the country. And you know what? It's not coming through the preaching nor the altar call traditionally, which is precious, and we'll do that tonight, but it's coming because He's wanting to touch His people and take His church back. Last Sunday night, Sid Roth was in the building, one of the generals in the kingdom. I asked him, I said, Sid, tell me about what you're experiencing. He said, Todd, I have been to the Brownsville outpouring and thank God for the Pensacola Toronto blessing. He said, the spirit that is in those congregations is the same spirit is as strong in this building as it was then. I'm sitting right there and he looks at me and he says, Todd, the Lord just spoke to me and said, we're going to start and we're going to take these services live around the world. That means every Sunday night, the first Sunday in February, we will be broadcasting to nations all over the world to millions and millions and millions of people. And he said, Todd, he said, you don't have, you're not, you've got to get prepared because they're going to come. Australia, all points in between. They'll come from the Middle East. Our broadcast will go into Israel. They only have 10 stations there. He's on literally in every home in Israel. He says in 90% of the Middle East, he says, I want the Jews and I want everybody in that area to see what God's doing in that water right there. Come on, give him praise. Their technical team, an individual was here on Saturday to set everything up. We do a beta test next Sunday night, live, the very first Sunday in February. We want to welcome you back to our one-year anniversary, which will be February the 10th, where God sat down in this building. Are you ready to give? I'm ready to get the Word of God tonight. 
So let's get ready. Let's give. If you can't give after what God is doing, putting good seed into great ground in this revival, I, um, I just encourage you just to do that. I just want to make sure that you're going to receive a blessing. Father, we love you and thank you for the opportunity to sow seed tonight. Father, I pray for the seed from Pastor Abernathy's church, Adam's grandfather, multiplying in their life, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Thank you for the miracles that are going to happen. Thank you, Lord, that people are not coming here to receive anything from me or any one of us, but from you. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 I want you to help me welcome. We're good. I want you to help me welcome to this platform. You may be seated. Um, one of my favorite preachers in all the world. I've known him forever and a day. One of the brightest minds, I believe, when it comes to opening up the Word of God, preaching from Revelation. I talked to him early in the week. The presence of God was on him so strong. We were talking on the phone. I would feel the presence of God just oozing through the telephone. I know he has a now word for us tonight and this move of God. So what we're going to do, I'm going to bring him up to this platform and then he will instruct us on the altar call. But when we give the call for baptism, I want you to come to these steps and come this way. Does that make sense? Not these steps, but over here. Fire of God's going to touch you tonight. You ready for the word? Help me welcome the lead pastor of Covenant Connections Church, my friend, the son in the faith, Pastor David Edmondson. Amen. God's good. You may be seated. Thank the Lord. I don't know how you can top testimonies like that. Amen. About what God is doing. Uh, so wonderful to be a part of what, what he's doing. Uh, we honor Pastor Todd, Pastor Karen, their staff, and everybody, everybody here. Um, they worked so tirelessly. They were there here last night till sometime 5 a.m. this morning. I did all I could. I, I made it to about 3.30. I said, well, last time I saw 3.30, I was not drinking from the Lord's cup. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been a minute. But uh, but God is good, and uh, but I was drinking from the Lord's cup last night, Amen. And uh, so God is God is wonderful. I want to I want to get right into it. Earlier, uh, we're just now starting the year, but the Lord shared with me uh, a, a transition of my assignment uh, the beginning of this year. And he's commissioned me that wherever I go, it started at Covenant Connections Church uh, on last Sunday, first Sunday of January, I preached a message called Appeal to the King. And uh, 
I talked about how we have a king. His name's Jesus. And his word is the final word. And it's important to know what kind of government you, you, you exist under. Uh, I talked about how Paul was, was trying to be tried by the Jews because they wanted to kill him. And, uh, but Paul's citizenship was, was not a Jew. Paul's citizenship was a Rome, Roman. And so his king was Caesar. So when they came at, when the Jews came after him to get him to come to Jerusalem and stand trial, he made one statement. He said, I appeal to Caesar. And so whatever they brought against him, the Jews brought against him, had no weight in his life because he had a king that ruled over him. And I told our people that, that no matter what the doctors say, thank God for the doctors, we're not against them, amen, no matter what, what the, 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 the sociological people say or, or whomever gives you a report, appeal to the king because you have a king, his name's Jesus and he's king of kings and lord of lords and the Lord told me, he said, wherever you go, you're going to start establishing new government over houses, Whew, my God, I felt that. Said, he said, I'm going to send you to certain people and when you talk to them, when you talk to them in the hallways, when you talk to them at the grocery store, which I don't go too much, but when you talk to them at places that I'm going to use you to establish new government over their life. See, for years, I'm 44 years old and for the better part of that, I've been ruled by a government of rejection. My life's been ruled by a government of of. of Rejection and heartache and pain and, and loneliness. But in, on January 1, God said, you are now under new government. And I'm going to tell you something. God has, has, has freed me from that rejection and that pain and that heartache. And you say, well, how did he do it? Because he's good. Because he's good. And I say all that to say this, tonight I get the opportunity and the blessing to stand in your presence, in the presence of North Georgia Revival, and declare a new government over this place, a new government over this revival. Something's going to shift in this place tonight. I, I, I remember, I think it was last Sunday night, we were in the, in the pre-service meeting where we take communion. And Pastor Todd, I believe it was last Sunday or Sunday before, he said that he saw a vision of angels coming over this property and extending their, their wings over this property. I was standing there just a while ago, and I saw in my spirit ain't those angels he was talking about. I'm not trying to get too foo-foo-ish or spiritual on you, but just go with me uh, tonight. But I saw bigger angels come and tap those angels on the shoulder and do like this. Because for a greater glory, it takes, takes greater manifestation of God war, God's warriors. Amen? And the warriors that have been surrounding this place and guarding this place, there's a changing of the guard. And Bigger angels came. More ranking angels, higher ranking angels came. Tapped them on the shoulder and said, your season's over. A new government's coming and a higher realm of glory we shall enter into. Somebody say amen. amen. This isn't a Dawsonville thing or a North Georgia thing. This is a world thing. And tonight, 
God has mandated me and given me a word. I don't have a sermon for you, but God has given me a word that is going to transition. I know without a shadow of a doubt the modern church that we live in. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to shift something tonight. Exodus chapter 33. I want you to turn there. Exodus chapter 33. Thank the Lord. Are you ready for the word? Now, I'm going to tell you something. We come here on Sunday nights. Man, we get preached to. We get so much word. Yesterday, you women, I know you are about full. I mean, I sat in here, and I'm as male as you can get. Trust me. Hallelujah. I'm a man, glory to God. But I sat back there, and I said, well, I'm going to take some of this. Amen. These, them women preached and, and, and did such an incredible job. I, t I told some people not to, to overshadow anybody. All three speakers were so tremendous, um, just wonderful. But I'm going to tell you what, I, I, I turned, Pastor Karen, and I'm going to tell you something. It's just didn't because you my mama in the Lord, but I believe it with all my heart. I turned to, I believe it's Pastor Robbie or, or Pastor Ken, one of them, and I told them, I said, I'm going to tell you something. There is not a female, I told Pastor Todd, there is not a female on this earth that carries an anointing like you do to teach and to minister the Word of God. Not a woman on this earth. I'm telling you, I don't care what kind of platform they got or how long they've been preaching. You have an anointing that destroys yokes. Destroys yokes. I sat back there. And your phone's going to ring off the hook because the church needs your voice. And it's going to happen in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 1, it says this. Then the Lord spoke unto Moses and said, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. And I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, he's getting all them mites out. Somebody say amen. He says to go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. He said, now here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to take the children of Israel into the promised land. I want you to do that, not because they deserve it, but because I promised their forefathers that I would do it, and I'm a God of my word. I said, he said, I'm a God of my word. He said, I want you to take them up, and I want you to go in the promised land. I'm going to do all these. I'm going to do the miracles. I'm going to run out your enemy. You know, you've been prophesying for years. This is the year of Jubilee. You're going to go into Jubilee. You're going to, you know, your building's going to get paid off. Your land's going to get paid off. Your body's going to get healed. And I'm going to do this through my angel, but my presence won't go with you. Is everybody here? He said, my presence isn't going to go. I'm going to do the miracles. I'm going to show up in your midst. But as far as my tangible presence, as far as my face, I'm not going to go with you. Now, I want you to stand with me one more time. I want you to point your finger 
I saw us doing this today. I want you to point your finger up in the sky and I want you to declare something with me. And this is the subject of my message tonight. Are you ready? Now, you're not just going to say it, you're going to declare it. For you that aren't very prophetic people, the difference between saying something and declaring something is when you say something, it comes from your voice box. When you declare something, it comes from your gut, from your spirit. And when you speak from your spirit, that's what changes the atmosphere of the place. So I want you to point and look, and I want you to say these words. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Say it. I want you to say, she'll be coming down the mountain when she comes. Amen. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. She'll be coming down the mountain when she comes. I feel that in my spirit. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Before we get into our text, let me give you a little, little background on the chapter previous to this. Moses was the children of Israel's pastor. He was their shepherd. Moses was old school. Moses wasn't new school. He was, he was old school. He, 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 the better part of his adulthood, he spent in the wilderness on the back side of a wilderness. So he wasn't up with culture when he came back to the children of Israel. All he knows is he was in the presence of God for 40 years on the back side of a desert. He comes back to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. He leads them out of bondage into the wilderness. And Moses, his focus was to stay in the presence of God. He would go up on the mountain and he would spend time with the Lord. The Bible says that God would manifest himself during the day, his voice would reside in a cloud. And at night, his voice would reside in a fire. When it says that the children of Israel were led by a cloud and by a fire, it doesn't just mean that it was visibly seen. It literally means that God's voice spoke direction from the cloud and from the fire. God's presence was attracted because he had a Moses that was willing to go to the mountain. Moses was not a people person. You don't find that a lot of people in the Bible exalted Moses and liked Moses. Most of the time, the people ridiculed Moses, talked about Moses, and wanted a different leader other than Moses. Because Moses was a hard man. Moses would go to the mountain and he would come back and he would say, thus saith the Lord, and he didn't care if the people liked it or didn't like it. He said, bless God, God said we're going to cross the river and they had complained about crossing the river and Moses didn't care because he had been on the mountain and God said, cross the river. They didn't like Moses very well because Moses... Because of him being in the presence of the Lord, he didn't spend a whole lot of time with the people. If you know anything about people, people, most people are relational. They want your time. They want, to, they want your business. They want to know what's going on in your life and what are you dealing with. So they got something to talk about over coffee when you're not around. 
Somebody say amen. amen. But Moses was a man that needed God. He needed to be in the face of God because Moses had issues. Moses, your Bible teaches us that he had a speech impediment. A lot of theologians say that he had a stutter. And see, Moses didn't like to, to speak in front of pharaohs and in front of people because he had an issue. He had a, he had a stutter about him. And people really didn't like to, to hear Moses talk and give direction because it's, 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 it's hard to, 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 to listen to, to, to someone who, who, who who can't, who can't talk because they stutter. I don't know, no, 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 nobody want to listen to nobody stuttering. You don't want me to preach like that for 25 more minutes. Somebody say amen. I don't want to hear it myself. But he had a stutter, and, and that stutter drew him to God, but it pushed people from him. Nobody wants a leader that can't talk well. We don't want pastors who don't talk well. We want pastors who are intelligent. We want pastors who, who got it all going on and, 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 and looked the part. See, Moses walked around with an old staff, same staff he had for years and years and years. He walked around with that same old staff. And when, when other leaders were trading their staff ins for new ones, Moses said, I believe I'll hold on to this one because it's seen me through some things. Because if you know anything about staffs and the shepherd's staff, they didn't have paper and computers like we do. They didn't have notepads like we do. They had their staff. And so anything that great happened in their life, they would carve it on their staff. And Moses had a lot of great encounters with the Lord that he carved upon his staff. We see this played out in the life of David, who the Bible says when he was going to fight Goliath, that he got five smooth stones out of the brook. But before he got the stones, your Bible said he picked up his staff. Why did he pick up his staff? He picked up his staff because when he was keeping his sheep, a lion came to destroy his sheep. And God gave him the ability to kill the lion. No doubt he carved that on his staff. And then a bear came and, and he killed the bear by the power of God. No doubt he recorded that on his staff. So on the way to face Goliath, see you got to understand that the battle's not won on the battlefield. The battle's won on the way to the battlefield. The battle's won as you prepare yourself and David was reading his staff and he told Goliath what his staff said Goliath said is this y'all send me a dog a little punk boy out here to defeat me I'm the king of the Philistines David read his staff he had been preparing his spirit and he said I come to you because God gave me the ability to kill a lion and God gave me the ability to kill a bear and no doubt just like the lion and the bear I'll cut your head off today and Moses had a staff like that. He kept it with him because it was the staff that touched the water and the waters parted. No doubt he carved it upon it. It's his testimony. And he had that stutter and he had that staff. And, and Moses was one of those that he was old school. See, he, he, his tunic was still loose. He had one of them old tunics. But he stayed in the presence of God. He stayed upon the mountain. 
The chapter before this, we see Moses go up to the mountain to spend time with God. He took his stutter, his stick, and his old clothing, went up to the presence of God for the people. When he was gone, the people came and they sought out Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother. Aaron was new school. Aaron didn't have a stutter. When Moses was on the backside of the desert, Miriam and Aaron were being trained under Jewish law. They were being trained how to do church. They were being trained how to do business of the church. They were being trained how to do all the, the sacrifices and the ceremonies. When Moses was on the backside of the desert learning how to seek the face of God, Aaron and Miriam were being taught how to do church. So when Moses goes up to the mountain to do what he's always done and seek the face of God, the people said, we don't want old Moses anymore. We don't know what's going on with the old man. He walks around here stuttering all the time. He got that old stick in his hand. He won't even get a new staff. He's got that old staff walking around here with old clothes on. They're baggy on him. We want you, Aaron. We want you because you're new school and you know how to do church and you've been through business school and you've been through seminary and you got your doctrine, you got your PhD and you look the part and Moses' hair is long and wooly but you got the spike going on and you got the, you got the look going on and, and your, your tunic's tight. You got a skinny tunic. Moses wearing them loose tunics and, and you got the skinny jean tunic going on and, and we like the skinny jean tunic better than we like the old tunic and we don't know what's going on with this Moses. He keeps going up on that mountain and then coming down here telling us what to do. We want you, Aaron, because you look the part. You sound the part. You, 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 you're here with us. We, we want you. You don't go up on the mountain, but that's okay. We really don't want to know what God says anyway. Because every time God speaks, he keeps moving us out of this. We get comfortable, and God, here comes Moses down the mountain. we got to move again, and go ahead. there he goes back up on the mountain. We don't know what to do, and here he comes. And Eat this. Well, what is it? It's manna. Every time he goes on the mountain, our diet changes, our, 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 our position changes, and everything that's normal changes. We don't want him to keep going to the mountain and coming down here correcting us. That's old school. We want this new Aaron that you know how to do church. You've been trained in the feast, and, and you've been training, and you live with us. You know what we want. So as Moses is up on the mountain, Aaron's down there forming a new kind of church. He said, we're not going to build this church on, 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 on what God is saying from the mountain. We're going to build this church by what the people want. And what's the first thing Aaron does? Moses is on the mountain, and they said, Aaron, we want you to be our leader. And here's what he did. He said, all right, here's what I want you to do. Bring me all your money. That's what he did. He said, bring me all your gold. Because Aaron was a businessman. Moses was a, was a face of God seeker. But Aaron was a businessman. 
See, when Moses would go to the fire of God, the voice of God would speak out. But Aaron went to the fire of God and idols came out of it. I'm not here to preach you happy. I'm here to change the government upon the the, the modern church. We got to change our way of thinking. You wouldn't believe how many people say I'm old school. Petey, you all, we love to hear you preach, and you do a good job, and you make us laugh, and you sing uh, uh, Baby Shark, do 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 and Mama Shark, do do We love that, Pastor, and we, we, but you old school. I had one, one, one uh, girl tell us, she, she, uh, anyway, she's a singer and all this stuff, and she came and she said, let me tell you something, Pastor. She said, you are, the, you are not the norm. I said, what do you mean you're not the norm? She said, all the, all the demands and all the, the bars you have for the people that get on your stage, she said, let me tell you something. I sing in all the big churches around. She said, and we'll sit in the green room and talk about how we got high last night and had to snort cocaine just to get us to a place where we can go out and lead worship while they're living with their their boyfriends and having sex with their girlfriends and they come in and they look like Aaron though boy they look good son they got the they got the jeans on they got the the shirts on and they get up and boy their voices sound like angels just singing And we fall in love with the talent and we decide, you know what, we don't want the old school anymore. We know it brings power. We know it brings anointing. We know it brings authority. We know it brings healing. But we're tired of waiting on Moses. Give me an Aaron that'll look good, that'll sound good, but there ain't no authority in his voice. Aaron said, bring me all your gold, all your jewels. Now you can read over that if if you want to and you'll you'll miss a great point. But in that time, the way they adorned themselves was actually a command from the Lord. Now see, I grew up in the holiness church. (laughs) Thank God. Anyways, let me move on. You know, nothing was right. You couldn't do nothing right. Anything that made you smile, it was a sin. Hallelujah. It had to be a sin. If it brought you joy, sin, sin, sin. You know what I'm saying? I told my mama about 12 years old when I knew God called me. I said, Mama, I ain't going to be no preacher. She said, why ain't you going to preach, son? I said, because I don't want to be broke and I don't want to marry an ugly woman. I said, every preacher I know is broke and, and they wipe look like they fell out the ugly tree and hit every limb. And it wasn't because they was ugly. They just couldn't wear no makeup. Sometimes you just need a little. <laughs> just, just, give me, just give me a little. Oh, Lord, that made me snort. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Watch this. But 
God actually told him, I want you to adorn yourself with gold. And, and he did it because he said, I want you, when your enemies see you, I want them to know you got a good God that takes care of you. Because if you know anything about kingdom, you know that the king, the value of a king is displayed through the blessing and the prosperity of his people. If you find a poor people that's under a king, you don't look at the king and go, oh, he's a great king because his people are broke, they're poor, they don't have any good clothes, they don't have a house to live in. But you find a kingdom where the people look good and they got good houses. And you look at the king and go, he must be a good king. And so God said, I want you to adorn yourself. And so then all of a sudden Aaron said, bring all your gold. We're going to throw it in the fire. See, that's the way the Aaron's do. They have the programs. They, we, you know, we, we, we can come up with the business plan. We, 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 we can come up with all these things. But when you throw it in the fire, it doesn't produce a voice. It doesn't produce direction. It doesn't produce anointing. It comes out idols. We're in love with our buildings more than we're in love with the presence. We're in love with our paychecks more than we're in love with the presence. We're in love with the prestige more than we're in love with the presence. We're, we're in love with all these things that have come up out of the fire. It's what happens when, when, when we have Aaron's leading us. So they bring an idol out of the fire. Your Bible says that God was angered because when he looked down upon them, they, they were, your Bible says they were naked. What it means is they took their jewels off. And, and the Bible says so their enemies saw that they were naked. And what it did is it put a false declaration on their king. That their king didn't take care of them. And their king didn't provide for them. God said that offends me. Because I am El Shaddai. I am your provider. I am your God. I am the one that watches over you. While Moses is on the mountain. Aaron's taking over the church. And the people love it. Joshua, Moses' partner in crime, Moses' son. See, that's the thing about Aaron's. You never see Aaron raising a son that did anything. But Moses raised up Joshua, who took the children of Israel into the promised land. Let me tell you what I'm trying to get to. We need to start seeking Moseses that spend time on the mountain in the face of God. They may be old school. They may not talk just right. They may say ain't and can't. And, and they may have a little bit of hillbilly slur or a little bit of flair, a little redneckerish up in them. But they've been along with God. They've been on the mountain. Give me that man before I take an Aaron who's drawing idols out of the fire. You want to know the men that I, I, I seek after? Do you want to know the men that I want to sit under? It's the ones that's coming down the mountain. Find me a man coming down the mountain, and that's who I want to sit under. Hallelujah. 
All week I've been laying in bed. Couldn't even sleep this week because this has just been going over and over in my spirit. God said, change the paradigm. Prophesy to the government of the child. I wish this was going to Israel or somewhere. Prophesy in the house and tell them, Fall out of love with your errands and find you a Moses that don't care if his jeans fit right or his shirt's right, but he's been in the presence of the living God. I want to challenge every pastor. Where, what camera you got me on? Get me a good shot now. <laughs> Did y'all do that in Alabama? That's for Cy County right there. That's for Stanley. <laughs> you, you got that, Pastor? Come on now. Y'all grew up in my school. You cock it. That's our wave. It's just, you know, you watch them old men sitting out on the porch. You drive by, hurt, hurt. Come on. How y'all doing? Give me a good shot now. How y'all doing? <laughs> oh, I lost the anointing. That, it left me. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I ain't no TV preacher. This will not end up on the radio. But I ain't worried about it. Because I have an anointing to change governments. Hallelujah. You're not looking at an errand. You're looking at somebody that needs the Spirit of God. That needs the presence of God. I may not look just right. I may not talk just right. My grammar may not be perfect. My phraseologies, my terminologies may get a little crooked. But I'm going to tell you what. I've been in the presence of God. And I've got a word for you. Stop chasing Aaron. Find a Moses. Be a Moses. Get in the presence of God. Don't worry about your paycheck. Don't worry about your building. Get along with God. Seek his face. Find out what he says for you. Give God praise. Come on, somebody. said would never succeed I am the one I am the one whose daddy was a drug dealer and a womanizer I grew up in poker houses and whore houses I watched my daddy have sex with women and then have to go home and lie to my stepmama about where we been when I was 10 years old 12 years old I could show you how to cut out an eight ball of methamphetamines I didn't grow up in this vest I wear it because it makes me look a little skinnier. I got a little Aaron in me. Just a little Aaron. I am the one. And I'm going to tell you what the Spirit of God told me. He said about 12 or 15 years ago, there was a shift in the church. And we stopped looking to the Aaron's. We stopped looking to the 
R.W. Shambox and we stop looking to, to, to the Kenneth E. Hagans and we stop looking to these men and women who, bless God, their suit was made in the 80s and the 60s and it was lime green and, and it didn't look right and didn't fit right. But my God, when they, could, when they confronted a devil, that thing had run a thousand miles. Now we pastor churches full of devils trying to have board meetings and tell the errands what to do and how they're going to do it and how they like it. I'm going to tell you something. Find me a church that is ran by the people and I'll show you a church that's bringing idols out of the fire. God never intended for you. You, you were shouting a while ago. God never intended for you to lead the church. God said, tell the children of, I feel the Holy Ghost, tell the children of Israel to come back to me. And if they'll come back to me, I'll give them a pastor that'll lead them according to my heart. He said about 12, 15 years ago, there was a shift in the church. And they stopped chasing after Moses's and they started chasing Aaron's. Instead of finding pastors and, and ministers on the mountaintop, we went to business seminars. Find me a good-looking young man and find me a good-looking young woman that can do business. And, and we're going to give them the pastorship of our church. And you find me any good businessman, they'll build you a nice building. We started chasing the look. We started chasing, instead of the voice in the fire, we started chasing the stuff we could pull out of the fire to benefit us. Here's what Aaron said. Here's what Aaron said. Aaron pulled this calf out of the fire. Your Bible says he molded it into a calf and set it there and told the children of Israel, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. And we've been sitting in churches. I want to apologize to you as a pastor, as a minister. We have, we have lied to you. We have sold you a bill of goods. We have sold you a false doctrine that, 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 that teaches you how you was preaching my message. Teaches you how to live right and be prosperous and have a good marriage and have a good family. But there's no fire in it. There's no power in it. And we've said, this is what is going to bring you out of Egypt. Nice buildings and great music. And, 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 and I can't get off skinny jeans. I don't know why, but the look. Do y'all got what I'm saying? And I don't care if y'all wear skinny jeans. I don't wear them. I tried some on one time. Nobody knows about this. My wife don't even know. I look top heavy. You know what I'm saying? I look like a, like a blow pop or something, just re you know, and, and some of you guys, I ain't going to look at you, but y'all laughing at me, and you look like a blow pop, you top heavy, I see you walking around here, and you leaning like this, but you got to look good, you got to look cool, somebody told you you look good, they lied to you, get you some jeans that can fit, hallelujah. <laughs> That's a pet peeve of mine. But I don't care. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. I follow that man because he goes to the mountain. I don't care if he comes. I do. I start saying I don't care if he comes up in Speedos. I do. 
But I'm sorry. I had a funny mental picture. What time is it? I ain't got but a couple minutes. I don't care what he wears. Pastor, tell me what you heard on the mountain. Mama, tell me what you heard on the mountain. You may, you, you may, you may be. Are you getting it? I can't say it. You got to just catch it. And I heard in my spirit the Lord say, tell all those that are looking for the next move of the bride of Christ. Tell all those who are looking for what the church is going to be in this next generation. Tell all those that are looking for the next move of God. You want to find it? She'll be coming down the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming with fire. She'll be coming with passion. She'll be coming with a word from God. She's coming down the mountain. I died, I said, Woo! <laughs> oh. May God let me preach it all over the world. We need Moseses. Here's my text. I'm done. Here's my text. I didn't even preach the message. God comes down and 3,000 people died because of the judgment of God. God come down from that mountain. He said, tell the people, I'm going to do what I said I'll do. And I'm going to bring them into the promised land. And I'm even going to assign angels to them. My angel. He's going to run out their enemy and he's going to bless them. But I'm not going with them. And we know the story. Moses said, if you don't go, I ain't going. Blot my name out of the book of life, but I'm not going. My God. You want to know what? Why God's doing what he's doing in his house. Stand up, Pastor, if you don't mind. Stand up, Pastor, if you don't mind. Pastor Robbie, Pastor Ken, Pastor Marty, where he's gone. Hallelujah. We all got left. My God, Pastor Marty's the only one that made it. <laughs> we, we in trouble. God, God Almighty Jesus, help us. Send the second train, Lord. You, you want to know why God's moving. You want to know why God's moving. It's because he's got, I counted them today, you, you are one. There's seven of us. Including Pastor Marty. There's seven of us. Which is a number of completion. It's the number of, of rest. My God, Pastor, our job is to bring rest to God's people. And we're going to do it by telling them, thus saith the Lord. And if he says, clean up your act, we got to say, clean up your act. Quit wearing shirts to church where your boobies hanging out. We didn't come to church to see your boobies hanging out. Cover yourself up. 
Y'all knew what y'all was getting into before you gave me this microphone, so I don't want to hear it. Y'all need to let me preach more. That's just the way that it is. We got to tell them, Pastor. And here's why Pastor Ken, Pastor Don, Pastor Bishop Lance, Pastor Marty, Pastor, listen, this is what God told me. He said, son, here's why I chose y'all. He said, I didn't choose you because the people wanted you. It's a faceless, nameless move. He said, I chose you because you stutter. I chose you because you hang on that old staff. I've been there, Pastor Todd, when people left you and, and left you and left your life. I've been there when we held hands and we cried in that old Covenant Connections building. I've been there with you. Pastor Marty's been there with you. When you looked at us and said, why is this happening? And we had no answer. And I looked at you, the, the, one of the last services you came to the Rock Church Flowery Branch. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. And I preached a message called, He Didn't Know. The Bible says that if the devils would have known who Jesus was, they never would have crucified him. And I told you and I prophesied to y'all. I said, the devil don't know what he's doing. He's going to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. And he's going to push you right into greatness. Well, my God, look what God has done. Look what God has done. You embrace the baptism. You embraced the baptism and people left you and family left you and they talked about you. But look what God has done. Look what God has done. Pastor Ken, look what God has done. Keep on stuttering. Hallelujah. Keep on stuttering. Keep on stuttering. We're going to baptize. Where's Pastor Marty? I got to. I got to prophesy over his life. Where is he? Lord, I was just joking. Send him back down. Send him back down. I got to I got to give I I got I got 3 minutes, but I got to I got to give this word. My God, I feel him. I don't care if you ever if I ever I'm on a TV station or red, and I'm not, I, I embrace all that, fine. But it ain't about that. It's about you. It's about you. You're hurting, you're wounded, and you don't need an idol. You need a voice of God that says, Tell me what God said. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I need correction, I need it. But don't just look good in front of me. Come down from the mountain and tell me what God says. We find him. Stand to your feet because I'm done. I'm done. My God, I could preach. The Lord's had me shut up for several years now. Several years I've been shut up in my office crying and saying, why, God, are people so mean? Why do they kiss me and join our church and kiss me and say, my God, it's the greatest thing in the world. And two weeks later, they're gone. And you know what they tell me? You preach too hard. You preach too hard. 
going to tell you something. There's only one, one person that's never failed me. One person that's never failed me. And I got the greatest wife on the face of the earth. But I made her mad one day and I locked our bedroom door. <laughs> she took her right hip and busted our door down our bedroom. <laughs> Looked at me and said, don't you ever lock my door. I was in your office a couple days later crying, going, my God, I'm losing my wife. I'm losing. Oh, God, I'm dying. Because everybody that's ever been close to me, I lost. And two years ago, for two and a half years, me and that woman fought hell. She hated me, and I didn't like her too much. But God, went on the mountain and I said God I can't lose her I've lost everybody else my God don't let me lose her and I don't know if y'all noticed but she looks at me boy every once in a while I'll just turn this way a little bit I can feel it She's looking at me boy she said her clothes preacher get you home fix me dinner. But anyways, where Pastor Marty at? Where's he at? I got to tell him. Let, let me just tell him this. I'm not going to. Well, let me just say this because it's, it's, it's 8 o'clock right now. We got to get you in the pool. And let me go ahead and tell you this. I'm going to be the first one baptized tonight. I'm going to be the first one baptized. Tonight. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Everybody that gets in that pool, your government is going to change in your life. Every government that's ruled you, anger, oppression, depression, alcoholism, whatever it is that's ruled your life because of this word and you get in that water and I'm going to be the first one. Boop, boop. And everybody that goes in, you know when he says, what do you believe in, oh Lord? <laughs> Tell everybody your name. What's your belief? I did that pretty good, didn't I? We need God to tell him, bless God, the government over my life is changing. Because I've heard from Moses today. He's been on the mountain. Is that all right, Pastor? Tell him to get tell him I'm getting the water. I'm gonna prophesy in the water. I mean, is he already changed? Now let me tell you this. Are you ready? I, 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 this is a whole message but I, I'm going to cut in Genesis chapter 28 now this I want you to grab a hold of this but this is this is for, for uh, this is for our family and God showed me this this week I text Pastor Todd and Pastor Karen and I said my God God has given me a word for us four and this includes our wives because we're one Genesis chapter 38 28 your Bible says that Isaac was dying and his eyes were dim and he called his two sons he called Esau first to give him the blessing y'all remember that and Jacob 
got tricked by his mama. And he went in there and he stole Esau's birthright. Y'all remember that? Your Bible says that Isaac was dying. His eyes were dim. He was dying. He was, he was going into his promised reward. He was dying. He was going on to, to receive his reward. And conflict hit his home. His two boys. His two boys had conflict. And what you don't know is I had the great opportunity to be Pastor Marty's pastor and his boss for several years. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I've, I've fought this and I've fought this. But I'm going to tell you something. I ain't scared of my stutter. Not scared of my staff. We we ser- he served me and, and we served together. The first message I ever preached as the pastor of, of the Rock Church Flowery Branch was strengthen the pillars. How Samson said, "Let me touch the pillars, and if I can grab the pillars, I'll take the whole house down." First sermon I ever preached. You remember that? We left that 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 service and went and played flag football and he and I got in a fight not like a fist fight but you know what I'm saying he got mad at me I got upset at him and and, and then conflict arose and I I would sit in my office This this is no joke because my wife and I loved him and we loved that woman and we loved our children and I'd sit in my office and I'd say, my God, why does he hate me? I, when I come home, I'd come home and I'd say, baby, I don't know why he hates me. Why do they hate me? I don't know. And I'm sure he's sitting in his office going, my God, why does he hate me? Conflict between the sons. In chapter 35. Jacob and Esau (laughs) met at a river. They met at a river. And Jacob started sending all of his family over, saying, my God, I'm scared of Esau's reaction. How is he going to reject me? He's after me. He was trying to kill me. What is he going to do? He sent everything in the water. He said, get in the water and pass through it. They get over there, you know the story, Esau embraced them. Jacob and Esau came together and they embraced each other. And Jacob says, Esau, I'm sorry. And I tell you, standing in front of God and everybody, I'm sorry for failing you. I text him several months ago. I asked Pastor Todd and Karen, could I do it? I'm sorry, I'm over time, I'm going to get it. I said, can I send this to Pastor Marty? And I sent him, a, they said, do it. I sent him a text saying, I'm sorry. And I'm going to apologize to you like a man. But it's never been right. And a few weeks ago, I was in my church, and I was weeping under the power of God. And I saw us standing here. And God said, that's going to be the time where you look him in the eye and you say, I'm sorry for hurting you. And I'm sorry for failing you as a man, as a pastor, as a leader. And with the, from the bottom of my heart, 
I love you and I only want what's best for you. And I'm honored because you're going to baptize me. And let me tell you something. That happened in, in Genesis 28. In Genesis 35, the two sons are reunited. Guess what happened? The Bible said they went to see their father Isaac. It was 43 years later. Isaac was ready to die till conflict. He was ready to get his promise till conflict came between his sons. And the daddy couldn't inherit his promise till the conflict was resolved. And I'm here to tell you, your whole ministry is going in because me and this man have stood by you. We have been there when everybody else left you. Me and this one right here, we stood by you and said, bless God, we're not leaving you. And today, in front of hell and everybody, I tell hell, you lost. You big sissy, you lost. You lost. saying this my God hear my heart but that right there is her poopy that's, that's her name for him because they, they they was always so close growing up they haven't spoken years they haven't spoken years we've been we, listen we've been disowned by her by her family they don't even talk to us don't have nothing to do with it i'm not saying it's his fault i'm not saying it's her fault it's it's not it's not it's the devil's fault it's the enemy's fault but she ain't gonna hurt no more and she ain't gonna hurt no more and I'm not going to have my kids come to me and say, when can we see Carson? And when can we see Madison? When can we spend time with them? The devil will kill your family. I rebuke offense. I rebuke it. Are my kids here? Where's Noah and Reagan? Come quickly. Come up here.
I know I'm a... You won't see no Aaron doing this. Only Moseses do stuff like this. How dare we tell our people to repent and we stand up there in our, in, in our pride. Is he in that water? Because Look at my boy crying. Look at the pain. My God, whatever you got to do, make it right with your pastors. Pastor, make it right with your staff members. Make it right with your people. Let's be Moseses. We're going to baptize. My God, I'm sorry. over to Pastor Todd. He can fix the mess. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you, Pastor, your sons have been reunited. And we're going to be reunited in that water. And may you fly. May you soar in the name of Jesus. And all the pain people have lay your hands on him, Danny. And all the pain people have caused you and rejected you and lied about you and cursed you. Come here, pastors, and, and cursed you. May every word fall to the ground and die. May every word, Pastor Robbie, may every word, Pastor Ken, Bishop Lance, wherever you at, may every word fall to the ground. Pastor Don Allen, wherever you are, may every word fall to the ground. Be healed in the name of Jesus. You are a Moses. Stutter your way into greatness. Stutter your way into greatness. If you, if you are out of state, if you are out of state and you came to get baptized, I want you to come, come up this, this aisle first. Just if you're, if you're out of state, come, come quickly. If you're out of state and if you've never been baptized in these waters, out of state, never been baptized in these waters, come quickly. Come quickly. They're going to show you where to line up. Come on. Come on, you've never been baptized in these waters. Come on, brother, you ain't that good. Don't make me come get you now. I got the Moses anointing on me. This is just for people out of state and never been baptized in these waters. Come. We want, we want to make sure we, we get you first. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, stretch your hands towards our shepherd right here. Father, in the name of Jesus. Y'all, let's give it. Lay your hands on her. Pastor Todd, reach around there and lay your hands on her. Come on. 
Pastor Karen, let us pray for you. In the name of Jesus. So, so, so find out, find out what they're needing right there. Let us pray for Pastor Karen. All right. My God, we got a lot of people. This is first time people and out of state people, right? Is this right? Now, now, anybody else that came to get baptized tonight, or you want the government of God, you want the government changed over your life, come. And look, don't come on the stage just yet. Uh, start another line right here, just because we don't have room. But we're, gonna, we're not, you're not going to lose your place in line. My God, Pastor Marty, you better hurry. We got a, we got a lot tonight. And I, and I run a little bit late. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Step, will you and Paula... Will y'all go down there and pray for Pastor Karen? Uh, is your wife here? Yeah. Is, would would uh, Miss Mathis and, and Sheila, would you come and... Okay. Will you pray for Pastor Karen? Y'all pray for him, Pastor Todd. I, I'm done. Listen. We're going to get you in the, the day ready. Y'all go ahead and do your thing. I'm coming back there. Amen. I just found out my wife's getting in the water with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Did you bring clothes? All right. Go on to the front. Somebody, Ebo, will you make, I thought that was Ebo. That ain't Ebo. My God. Take her, Blondie, and get her changed. We're coming. We're going to do this quick. Amen. We're going to do this quick. You ready? You want to do it? Come on, let's give the Lord thanks for this wonderful message tonight. Aren't you thankful? When we stepped out on here, when we were back there having communion before the service this morning, I came in and I told Pastor David, I said, this is what I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me about your message tonight. I said, God didn't give you another sermon tonight. He gave you a word. He gave you a word that these people needed to hear. I want to tell you, we all needed to hear this tonight. This is the Word from God. This is the heart of the Father. This is the heart of the Father. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. My message came from the book of Joel this morning about all the years that the locusts had stolen, God was going to restore it. I want to tell you, God's bringing some restoration. He's bringing restoration. And I want to tell you, it can start when we be obey the Father. When we, be, we, when we obey the Father and we respond to Him and His goodness and obeying what He would speak to us. And so we just celebrate that tonight and we just give God thanks. I know these are waiting to get baptized. I want to ask all of our altar team, if you're one of the altar team members, I want you to come right over here and just line up. Around, we'll just get you from these steps right here. All the altar team workers, y'all come on up quickly. And just uh, and respond. If you're on the North Georgia Revival altar team, I want you to come up here and just line up across here. Because as, as these are going to get baptized, they're going to respond. But there may be some of you that are here tonight that need to respond to this. Maybe you need to make some things right with people that are here. Or maybe you just need to, to make some things right with you and God. That you say, well, what I've got to do is, is maybe... Uh, I just need to take that step tonight, and I want God to know I'm taking the step. So I'm going to let somebody agree with me in prayer that I heard what the Lord said to me tonight. I, I heard what He said, and I'm going to respond, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to get them to, 
to pray with me and agree with me in prayer. And, and I'm, I'm going to let God know I'm taking the step tonight to make things right with what God wants in my heart. Amen. So if you need prayer, I want you to come and just find somebody. Come on right now. Just come on. Let's just come and, and receive ministry and, and receive prayer. And y'all go ahead and just sing if you would and worship. We'll get ready. They're going to get baptized here in just a moment. Just, just obey the Holy Spirit tonight. Praise the hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than my unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. 